0: what's up hello hello how's it going not too bad how are you it's been a week from hell i'll just say that i believe it um ladies and gentlemen this is talking about balls i am of course justin george joined as always by kyle price um kyle's a little under the weather this week so we're doing a stereo and i think i made the right call the other day it kind of worked out when i said I think we should wait till Friday because some shit's probably going to happen. And sure enough, here we are Friday night. The Browns Raiders game has been rescheduled to Monday because of a ridiculous amount of COVID cases happening not only to the Browns, but in the NFL overall. So it worked out. I, I had a weird feeling that some shit was going to happen.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think we were both hoping for it, though. I mean, all this, I mean, it's just like every day, it's like two more players, three more players. It's like, I mean, wins enough. Like, someone throw the white flag in already. We give up.
0: Yeah, I mean, I was, I understand completely. I'm I'm all for the next man up mentality. But when you hit the point that the Browns have hit, and even the Redskins, or I'm sorry, the Washington football team, um, with teams like that, I, I look at it as there's just really nothing you can do. When you're down to a fourth string, third string quarterback, guys that don't really take snaps, that get no reps with people, uh, it, it's a huge safety concern for the NFL because you have guys that are, have never played together going out there and playing, not in a preseason game where guys take their feet off the gas. This is a legitimate NFL game. These guys could end up getting seriously hurt because they're not on the same page. And I think it, it, it's also, it's a prime time Saturday game. The NFL was putting a lot of eggs in the basket of it. Uh, ratings were probably going to be really good. However, do you really want that product to be this piece of shit game with nothing but backup? <clears throat>
1: Right. I mean, I was, I was, I wasn't even worth watching. Some of these pl- players to, that were going to be playing, it was like, this is not even worth watching. It's going to be embarrassing. I mean, this team's going to be a to throw all over us, run all over us. I mean, it's, it's going to be horrible. So I don't know. I mean, not that I'm saying we're not going to get, there's no guarantee that we're going to get that many players back on Monday, but there's a better chance now.
0: Yeah. I mean, there's already, with the new protocols in place, there's already, um, Reports that some current listed players have already passed the new requirements. They've already gotten the multiple negative tests. They're already allowed to come back, um, which is great. Do you <clears> know who, or we don't know yet? Um, not off the top of my head. Um, let me sit down here. There was a report earlier that <coughs> like said a couple a couple of Rams players and a couple of Browns players passed and. I know OBJ tweeted from the Rams perspective, he just said negative with a smiley face in a post because he must have gotten the negative test that was required for them. Um, For the Browns, some guys that could have already passed initially because they've been on the list for over a week, and that's Anthony Walker and punter Jamie Gillen. They both were cleared today. Um, But again, those were guys that tested positive over a week ago. They missed Sunday's game. So that's not to say that they wouldn't have passed in general. So I'm not sure if anybody from the, the the this week of list lists has uh gotten the negative test yet but And the, and I the mean, new rule is what there's
1: just one negative
0: test is needed and no symptoms. I think it's if I'm not mistaken it's two but they have to be back to back. So if you take the rapid test and it's negative, you then take like the the better test immediately and if they're both negative and you're asymptomatic, you get to play. It's something weird like that.
1: Hmm interesting
0: yeah i mean it's it's a fucked up situation there's really not much the nfl can do at this point because i mean there's a lot of raiders fans and and eagles fans that are pissed off because these games are getting moved and they're complaining saying you know it's supposed to be a forfeit we're not supposed to postpone games but the rule was pretty clear that it's for if a team has an unvaccinated outbreak they would not postpone it and they would make the team forfeit and then the other rule was If there's an outbreak with vaccinated players, if the NFL could not postpone it, there was just no way to do it, they would then forfeit the game. However, they they found middle ground. The Browns will play the Raiders Monday at 5 o'clock. The uh, Washington football team will take on the Eagles Tuesday. And then also Tuesday, the Rams will take on the Seahawks. So three games got pushed back because of COVID outbreaks. Um, It's going to be a very short week for the Browns because they have to play again on Saturday. Yeah, there was actually a tweet from Field of Yates from ESPN who said that with this, starting tomorrow, in eight days, or I'm sorry, out of 10 days, there will be eight days of football. And I couldn't be fucking happier with that. All yeah, I've next, got nothing
1: else to do, so just watch football yeah, all the time. I'm good.
0: Starting, next, uh, starting tomorrow, actually, um, only next Wednesday and next Friday do not have NFL games.
1: That's crazy. That is crazy.
0: So I'm very excited for that. Um, but let's get right into it. We did have a week that was that was week 14 in the NFL. Um, the Browns took on the Ravens. The Browns looked relatively good in the beginning. And then, as is tradition, let them back in. Thank God it was not Lamar Jackson behind center because I truly think if Lamar Jackson never got hurt, the Browns don't win that game.
1: I don't know. Their backup looked pretty damn
0: good, though. <laughs> he he did, but I think Lamar Jackson's a little bit better than him. Not saying because right. you know I'm not a huge Lamar Jackson fan, but if we were letting, um, what was his name, Tyron Hunt, Huntley? I don't even remember his fucking name. If yeah, we were letting Huntley, him Yeah. Destroy us like that. Then imagine what Lamar Jackson would have done if he, you know, they took the 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 pads off of him, if you will. They let him run a little wild because he was struggling in the in the beginning. I mean, I'm, I couldn't have been happier that the Browns were able to shut him down again. But I don't know. Maybe yeah. maybe things wouldn't have been different. Maybe the Browns would have actually blown him out. You never know. Anything's possible any given Sunday. But all, it, all that matters is the Browns win. We blew an onside kick that would have sealed the game, and we, we made it interesting because when you have a kicker as good as Justin Tucker – I mean, they could have gotten to midfield. I'm not going to lie to you. I would have been really fucking nervous if he was going to blast the field goal through.
1: His poor guy. He picked on the fullback. <laughs> he kicked right at him. And the guy wasn't even
0: paying attention. He knew what he was doing. It literally that, that's reminded how... me of the movie The Waterboy where they have to kick the onside kick in the bourbon bowl. And the kicker looks around and he goes, "All right, who is it? Who is it?" He sees a guy shaking and he goes, "You!" And then he kicks it right at the guy, and the guy drops it. And it's like, "Oh shit!" He did that to Andy Andy Janovich. He looked at him and he's like, "This guy is a fucking idiot." Does he's not even looking at the ball? And then boom, bounces off his shoulder pad for God's sake!
1: What a what a perfectly aimed ball that was crazy.
0: I mean, just what Mm -hmm. a Browns way to go. If we blew it because the ball bounced off a guy who's not even looking for it. And Kevin Stefanski's defense – oh, I'm sorry, not even Stefanski. Stefanski was like, <clears throat> I haven't had a chance to talk to Stanton about this. So – or not Stanton, I'm sorry. Um, Andy Janovich. He's like, I haven't had a chance to talk to Janovich yet. I'm going to, you know, find out what happened. And there were other guys, ex-NFL players, that were like, yeah, a lot of times the front row, you, you expect the ball to go past you, so you're not really thinking about it. But he should have had a little awareness. So it was definitely Right, Andy like he was, well. he was in
1: there just to be a blocker basically but he, she needs to have his eyes in a swivel. You know, you have to imagine the ball's coming at you somehow, somehow maybe
0: it's literally like being, imagine being an offensive lineman and the quarterback gets strip sacked. You have to have a little awareness to try to pounce on the ball just in case you can't just look at the clouds and stare at the birds and go, Oh, well, fuck it. What do I care? It's (laughs) not my position. Right. Um, But yeah, so we'll recap week 14 here really quick. Last time we recorded, uh, I mean, our, our, our take for the, uh, the Thursday night game last week was actually pretty good. Steelers-Vikings, the Vikings ended up coming away with the victory, but Pittsburgh definitely made it close in the second half and mm-hmm. probably had some people a little nervous.
1: Well, I mean, my Minnesota Vikings came through. That's all I'm saying. I was happy about it.
0: <laughs> oh, but, yeah, I mean, I mean, who doesn't love watching the Vikings lose? But, I mean, Dalvin what? Cook, man, he ran all over them. Jesus. Yeah, he was excellent because the biggest thing for me was Kirk Cousins is known for being very bad when it comes to primetime games. Under the, under the bright lights, he's known to fail. So that was kind of going into my thought process. Um, another thing that I had mentioned, and I know <coughs> Kipper gave me some praise for this, which I don't want Steeler praise ever uh, TJ Watt does make a huge difference for that team and that, that overall, just the entire team he is such a momentum changing type of player and he ended up getting hurt in that game and he left for a while and he wasn't 100%. And I think that that had a lot to do with it also, because if he was hundred percent, as we've all seen, he's definitely a game wrecker. Um, So my, my thought process that I went into picking them was partially correct. They, they made it a game. First half was ugly, but they made it interesting. And that's, that's Pittsburgh. I mean, that's a veteran team with a really good coach and Mike Tomlin and, you know, nobody has any faith at all in, um. what the fuck, I don't even remember his fucking name, their head coach, Mike Zimmer uh, of the Vikings, or Kirk Cousins for that matter. <clears throat> so just overall, fun game to watch. I mean, the first half, a lot of people probably turned it off and went to bed thinking this game's done. Pittsburgh was down at halftime, fucking 23 to nothing. You think this is over? And 36-28, pretty good game. For whatever reason, yeah, tw- Thursday night. 21 points in the been- fourth
1: quarter. That was crazy
0: it honestly was i mean that that was one of the best comeback attempts i've ever seen because it's not like the vikings didn't score again the vikings put up another 13 points and they still made it close so that's that just shows you the uh, the resilience in the pittsburgh steelers at their old age um overall i mean we'll recap last night's game too but thursday night games have been extremely exciting
1: yeah i was a little surprised that they used last night last night's matchup as a thursday night game that seemed like a like a a prime time game for sure not thursday but like a a sunday night type game or something
0: yeah i mean going into the season when they make the schedule you got to remember sure we expected justin herbert to be good we expected the chargers to be a better team this year but who would have guessed that this late in the season it would have been a battle for first place you know what i mean so I think right. the NFL was kind of like, all right, at this point, <clears throat> you know, we expect the Chiefs to be, you know, 10 and four, or whatever the hell they, they would have been. I don't know. They're, they're What was it, week 14? So, yeah, maybe they expected them to be like 10 and three, 11 and two, something like that. And maybe they expected the Chargers to be, you know, maybe teetering around 500. So to them, they didn't think it was going to be this huge matchup that it turned out to be. And, and good for them because it was a fucking awesome game. I watched the entire thing. Uh, it was just an overall really good game. I had some fantasy implications. That's what really made me watch the whole thing. But it was also just a really good game.
1: Who would you have going last
0: night? Uh, Keenan Allen, and he definitely showed up for me. Good start for the playoffs. Yeah, honestly, I forgot that I, I had him on my bench
1: because I think he had like, COVID the week before, right? And, he did, um, yeah. I, I didn't check my lineup because obviously under, under, under the weather, I didn't check my lineup until one minute before kickoff. So I was able to hear up and swap it in order to get him in the starting lineup, thank God. But yeah, no, he, he did well for us last night.
0: <clears throat> so uh, really quickly, we'll talk a little fantasy. Did you make the playoffs in any league?
1: Um, I am. I have – well, my playoffs start next week, so this is the last week for us. Um, oh, okay. Because I, I, my two leagues I made in the week playoffs will so start to weeks 15, I believe. So this is my last week because this is week 14, right? No, this is
0: – We're in week 15 right now.
1: Let me see here. Maybe it's week 16 they start. Yeah, it's week 16 they start. 16 and 17 are the playoffs that we have in the two leagues I'm in for some reason.
0: In one league, we started the playoffs this week. In the other league, uh, we start next week. The other league, though, I I lost last week, so that ended my playoff chances. Um, Mm -hmm. So this week doesn't really matter in that one because I'm not going to make it anyway. The other league, though, week one of the playoffs started yesterday, and I'm off with a bang. I mean, Keenan Allen got me like 20 points. Not never a bad thing from a, a wide receiver, so I'm happy with it.
1: Yeah one one league I'm in. No, no, actually I'm, I think they fact, back. I'm Jesus Christ. I'm out of it. Uh, I am I'm in the playoffs this week. I'm against my buddy Bo. Actually, um, I'm oh, there one you go. third, fourth, fourth, fourth string right now. So I'm I'm fourth. Uh, yeah, I'm playing him, and we'll see what happens. I'm projected
0: to lose by 20 points, but
1: <clears throat> I don't know. We'll see what happens. I
0: guess <laughs> anything's possible. All right, back to the NFL. We already recapped the Browns. Uh, The Browns are a game behind Baltimore for first place. Uh, Lamar Jackson, we'll talk about it a little bit, but Lamar Jackson has not practiced this week. I also don't think they had a chance in hell to beat Green Bay with or without Lamar Jackson, so it's probably for the best for the Ravens to just sit him this week. I think that's kind of what their game plan was, Uh, but we'll talk about that later. Um, Tennessee Titans stay red hot as they beat the Jacksonville Jaguars. 20 to nothing, gave him a a clean shutout. I think uh, Trevor Lawrence threw like three or four interceptions, just an overall bad day for the Jaguars. An overall bad week for the Jaguars as they, of course, let go of Urban Meyer. They made it official. He just had one bad story after another. Um, This latest one was, well, actually a week ago, we didn't even talk about it. He had a meeting where he was calling all of the coordinators losers and said, he's a winner. They're all fucking losers, blah, blah, blah. And then he apparently, there was a rumor or a story that came out this week that he kicked Josh Lambeau, who was ironically enough, the Jaguars kicker during kick the, the kicker. Yeah, he kicked the kicker in the preseason and said something like, you know, do your fucking job. You're the fucking kicker or something like that. And that story came out, and in the middle of the night last night, or the night before, I'm sorry, they officially let Urban Meyer go. He didn't make it one year. Kind yeah. of shocking. I thought they were going to at least let him play out the season and then let him go. But honestly, for the Jaguars, it's probably for the best. Just get rid of it so it's a clean slate in the off season. They have a ton of draft, uh, draft picks. They have cap space. They have a young rookie quarterback. They've got a pretty young roster with a couple talented pieces. I mean, it's a total shit show, but probably a little bit of a uh, an enticing job for some out there. I thought they let him go because of that weak ass
1: handshake he gave, walking across the field after the game.
0: He was not too happy to shake Mike Ravel's hand, but
1: God damn, that was a, that was the least man thing ever. Like he just throws his limp hand out there and says, "Yeah, thank you," and what keeps on walking. He, pro- he probably probably yeah, knew then
0: that, yeah. that he, he was done yeah urban meyer was he's he's a character to say the least i mean you go from basically being a god in college to where as long as you're winning at a huge program like ohio state like florida etc he was a he was a living legend he he could do no wrong and now he goes to the pros and even before he went to the pros he was on tv people loved him and now it took him 13 games to tarnish his legacy legacy completely in my opinion uh I don't think you come back from this. It's going to be tough for him to find work because of the stories you had him uh, groping a woman, albeit not illegal, groping a woman on camera while he's married. He abandoned his team. You have the, the kicking the kicker story. You have the calling people losers. It's just, it's a shit show. The rumors say that the Jaguars players, after he got fired, all texted each other the, the, peace sign emoji as in like peace get the fuck out they're all happy that he's gone uh for me again like i was saying it'll be tough for him to find work i can't imagine espn or abc or somebody like that will hire this he'll guy. Be, he'll is- be
1: he'll be coaching again in two years i think uh, like a college football program
0: he might have to start from the bottom though because what big program is going to take that guy with the kind of backlash he's going to get don't even don't forget when he first took the job for jacksonville he hired the strength and conditioning coach who had a bunch of red flags, and he ended up having to fire him and acted like he didn't know anything about his history. I don't, I don't remember exactly what it was that the guy was doing but or had done. Oh, the ra- he, was, he was the racist guy. Yeah, that's what it was. was that's racist. what it was, yeah. So, you know, just nothing but bad decisions from Urban Meyer. I mean, he either wanted to get fired in the worst way and mission accomplished, or he's just a fucking idiot. And when you're not the king of the town like you are at a college program, you – You know, it's the NFL. You got to nut up or shut up. And he definitely failed, and he failed miserably. (laughs) The Urban Meyer era, over after 13 games. Who saw that coming? I thought he'd make it 17. Next up, you have the Chiefs taking on who the Browns are playing this week eventually the Las Vegas Raiders. The Raiders started the game off by doing their pregame pump up speech on the Chiefs logo at midfield safe to say that pissed off some of the chiefs players and the chiefs went out and did not take the foot off the gas they won 48 to 9 the game was never close the raiders got absolutely fucking embarrassed they are a mess the quarterback of the team Derek carr he came out after the game and tried to defend it i mean i get it he's a good guy he's trying to keep his teammates spirits up and he goes you know it's okay to take a bad loss with that, as long as you come out of it with some character. And like he's just he's trying to put a spin on it, and you need to come out and be honest. And you need to be like, hey, we got our asses kicked. We were embarrassed. We should have never gone on the the, the logo. Um, it was a bad move. We looked awful. We need to regroup. Instead, they're trying to still put a silver lining on it, and just you you can't spin that forty eight to nine. That's fucking embarrassing.
1: I didn't even see the logo thing. Yeah, I I didn't watch many games last Sunday, being in Chicago, but um i didn't see the logo thing that's crazy what a bunch of idiots
0: yeah they decided to to pump the team up by doing their pregame speech and everything on the chiefs logo at midfield and Hmm. it's safe to say it backfired i'd say so i mean kansas city's playing out of their mind these last couple weeks
1: it's like they they hit that stride now
0: their first few weeks they were a, a dumpster fire and there were a lot of cleveland fans and like cleveland radio people that i listened to that were loving life they were shitting on the chiefs and they were saying Oh, you know, how does it feel? Everyone, you thought you were going to the Super Bowl, blah blah blah, and Kansas City turned around. They have a top five defense as of late. Um, they're shutting everything down. They their offense has stepped up. They're they're back to the huge plays, as we'll talk about when we talk about last night's game. But yeah, I mean, again, the the Chiefs can score at will and they can shut teams down when they want to. So good for them. They are figuring some shit out. And I knew it was only a matter of time. That was a team that I picked. The Chiefs most weeks this year, when we did our pickems, and every time I said the same thing, I'm like, I, I I don't think this Chiefs team is dead and ready to be buried. They're going to turn it around eventually, and I'm going to keep picking them until they prove me wrong. And sure enough, they they turned it around.
1: Our future quarterback Derek Carr looked pretty good though in that
0: game. His stats are pretty good. (laughs) (laughs) Derek Carr can sling it, man. I mean, I like the guy. He is definitely not a bad quarterback. Speaking of bad quarterbacks, the Saints took on the Jets. What a segue that Uh, was. Wow. Um, Taysom Hill, I mean, kind of an embarrassment as as a quarterback, in my opinion. Dude, I'm not going to –
1: bad quarterback, sure, but he's a fantasy – he's a fantasy point-getter because he's gotten me wins the last two weeks due to his points.
0: Yeah, he's actually my fantasy quarterback in the league that I'm in the, the playoffs. So I'm not going to shit on him too much. He gets me points, but overall, he is—he's not somebody the Saints are obviously going to. Um, he's not somebody the Saints are going to roll with as their franchise quarterback or anything no, like that. Not at all. But when you play the Jets, anybody can look good. Thirty to nine, the Jets handled the, or the Saints handled the Jets easily. Was never even close. Uh, Alvin Kamara went went nuts, had a great game. Obviously, Taysom Hill did as well. Uh, this week should be interesting for the Saints. The last time they played the Buccaneers, they won. This time they're facing the Buccaneers without Sean Payton, without – I mean, Jameis Winston got hurt in that game, so he played a little more than half of it. But but they're going into it with Taysom Hill and no Sean Payton. So it should be an interesting Sunday night game. Cowboys beat the Washington football team in what was a very ugly game for both sides, really. It that was, was closer than I than thought extra. it would be for sure. Yeah, it reminded me a lot of the uh, the Vikings-Steelers game. Where at halftime, the Cowboys looked like they were going to blow him out. In the second half, the Cowboys only scored three points, let Washington right back in it. Uh, Taylor Heineke got hurt. He, I think if he stayed healthy, that, that could have been a different game. But the Cowboys ended up coming out with the, through the skin of their teeth, 27-20, to 20, getting the win there. To stay atop the division, more than likely, Cowboys are going to win the East. I think that was kind of given. Washington, though, don't look now. they are They're battling. They're trying to get a wild card spot. And so are some other teams that you would not have expected to be in wildcard contention when the season first started. And that sticks here with the Atlanta Falcons, who beat the Carolina Panthers. Uh, the Carolina Panthers are a mess right now, losing Christian McCaffrey, losing Sam Darnold, firing their offensive coordinator. Things are a mess. Um, really not a whole lot to look forward to if you're a Carolina Panthers fan right now. <clears throat> they need to draft a quarterback. You need Christian McCaffrey to stay healthy. I don't think that's going to happen anytime soon. How many soon. times are they? How
1: many times are they going to bench Cam Newton this year? I think it's like three games now that they played him and started him. And they benched him like during the game.
0: I'm kind of. There's rumors that that Sam Darnold could be activated this week, and if he is, I kind of think that Cam Newton's going to be benched for good. As long as Sam Darnold can play, they're going to just go with Sam Darnold, possibly. But then at the same time, they did bench Sam Darnold earlier in the season, so I really don't know. Um, I don't think they like know what said, they're doing right now. <laughs> it's a mess down there, but I mean. They're five and eight, so I, I, I give them credit. They're trying to stay alive, but I don't know. It's just, it's not looking good for them. Uh, but the Falcons, though, six and seven, same record as the Washington Redskins. They're all trying to battle for a wild-card spot. Like I said, two teams that you kind of expected to suck. They are, uh, they're hanging in there. Speaking of suck, Seattle Seahawks took on the Houston Texans. And, The score is a lot uglier than the game actually. Well, I take that back. The score makes it look like it was a blowout, but it really didn't. The Seahawks didn't pull away till the second half. Uh, Going into halftime, it was 16-13, Seattle. And then Houston decided to not score again. And Seahawks put up another 17. So 33-13, the Seahawks win. As I say every week, every win the Seahawks get moves that Jets draft pick back a little bit. And that makes me happy because I have friends that are Jets fans. And I have a friend that is a Seahawks fan. So seeing his team win makes him happy, even though it means nothing. And then seeing that draft pick for the Jets go back makes them a little sad. So it's kind of bittersweet, but it's fun for me. I'm excited to see it continue as the Seahawks, I think, play the Rams this week, if I'm not mistaken. I believe so, yeah. Yeah, that should be a a loss right there. So Next up, we have a team that the Browns have beat head-to-head and, well, two teams they've beaten head-to-head, technically. <clears throat> One of which, though, same record as, as the Browns battling for a wild-card spot. The Denver Broncos beat the Detroit Lions 38-10, to pretty much an ass-beating. Um Demarius Thomas, I don't think – he passed away after we recorded last week, so we didn't get a chance to talk about it. Uh, Demarius Thomas passed away last week at
1: 33. The Do
0: we figure out why yet, or just he found dead in his home? I mean – He had a medical condition. Apparently he had, he suffered from seizures and stuff like that. They haven't officially given the uh, cause of death, but I'm assuming it's going to be something related to his health because I guess he was known for his, not known for, but he was known to have like a seizure issue. So it's a shame. Yeah. I mean, it's a bummer. They said that he was supposed to go somewhere and his driver came in the house to find him and he was dead in the shower or something like that. So, you know, 33 years old, I think he was. A ex pro athlete and a really good one at that. So it's not like he was some. Yeah, he's like a five know, or six time Pro Bowl player and everything. Yeah, yeah he, he was, was pretty damn good. good. Everyone, very, very famous for that catch he had against the Pittsburgh Steelers from Tim Tebow, uh, beating the Steelers, eliminating them in overtime. Classic moment for me as a Browns fan. But the, uh, the hey. Broncos honored Marius Thomas by winning. They actually was kind of cool. I don't know if you saw it. They came out their first play of the game, they only had 10 guys on the field. When they were on offense, they honored him by like making him the eleventh man. Oh, that's awesome! No, I didn't see that. <clears throat> it was pretty cool, and it benefits when you play the Lions because obviously they they probably could have played with ten men the entire game and still won. <laughs> Next up, the San Diego Superchargers. I'm sorry, Los Angeles Chargers um, beat up the Mike Glennon led Giants. Who won't give them credit? They they hung tough a little bit, but the Chargers were no match. Chargers are a very good team. Um, Justin Herbert, I don't know if you saw that deep ball that he threw, what a beautiful fucking pass uh, he just gets better week by week and the Chargers look like a legitimate team at 8-5 and five, they won 37-21 to 21. the Giants are a mess um, it's going to be interesting to see what they do in the offseason, I mean do you keep Joe Judge, do you keep Daniel Jones, do you keep rolling the dice with Saquon Barkley who can't stay healthy, do you eventually just blow it up I think they said that Joe Judge is is spot safe right now. I
1: think that someone, like a report I read last week, that they already to He's he's here.
0: I've seen that a couple times from Matt Nagy. So part of me thinks that when you hear that, doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be true. Um, But, you know, who knows? Anything's possible. Maybe Joe Judge is safe and they do have some sort of plan. Uh, But if it were me, I'd probably look to move on. But. It's not do, up you to think, uh, up do you think Bar- you think you think Barkley's career is over? I mean, not over, but
1: I mean, he's not going to be the same back he was his first two years in the league. I don't think ever. No, again. I
0: think I agree with you. I think he essentially at this point, I hate to say it, but he reminds me a little bit of Christian McCaffrey now. I mean, Christian McCaffrey's missed more games than he's played over the last few seasons, and Barkley's kind of looking the same. And Barkley, when he does play, is a lot less effective. The, the, the weird thing is, though, is does that have to do with the shitty quarterback situation with the bad? They have a really bad offensive line. So I don't know if it's scheme fit that him to be shitty or if it's just a deteriorating running back. That's just no longer as valuable as or as, as gifted as he was a couple of years ago. It's really hard to tell. Um, but from what I've seen, I mean, Barkley's shown some flashes, but I just I, I don't think he's the same player. Nor will he ever even be close.
1: It has to be just the workload for him, right? I mean, he's he was given the so many times like he's the only running back, and that's why we're so thankful that Chubb has someone to spell his like runs off of um, because he doesn't get overworked that much. But it's just crazy how much he went downhill so quickly.
0: Yeah, he's almost like a an advanced, uh, what the hell's his name? Todd Gurley, if you remember oh, Todd yeah. Gurley, absolutely. He, he, he got more touches than anybody. Kind of looks like what's happening to Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry gets the most touches in football by far. And he, he knock on wood for him. He had stayed relatively healthy up until this year where he got <clears> hurt. <throat> and now the rumors are that he could be back soon uh, from his foot injury. You never know. But at the same time, if you rush him back and that injury starts nagging and it, it, it gets worse, you're really fucking him up for the future. Cause he's a not getting any younger. And when you're a, an, especially a running back, the more hits you take, the more miles you put on that body, the harder it is to recover. So if these injuries start piling up for Derrick Henry, who, like I said, at one point had never really been injured. Uh, I think you're playing a dangerous game if you're Tennessee, but I also do understand the urgency that Tennessee has to have Derrick Henry because he makes your team so much better. So it's a really tough situation to be in if you're Mike Vrabel and I'm happy we don't have to deal with that situation here because it's tough. It's like, do you want to win? Or do you want to risk arguably one of the best running backs of all time's career? Right. Yeah. That's, that's it, a horrible a thing. Tough spot very tough spot. Um, 49ers hold on to beat the Cincinnati Bengals in overtime. Pretty good game there. I don't know if you were able to watch any of that. The Bengals made a hell of a comeback in the fourth quarter. They end up tying the game under like a minute to go. They tie it up, go to overtime. They kick a field goal. 49ers respond immediately with a touchdown to Brandon Ayuk. And they leave the road with a win. The 49ers are 7-6. and six, The Bengals are 7-6. and six. Uh, the Forty ers for whatever reason, are really good at on the road. I don't understand it. They're five and two on the road, which means they're two and four at home, which is insane. Normally, it's the other way around. You have home field advantage, but not the Niners.
1: No, I I, I didn't get to watch any of the afternoon games. Really, um, I, my day pretty much went by the time four o'clock hit. I was pretty wasted, and then we left that bar and went to another couple bars, and we got we we're we were in bed in the hotel by like six o'clock for the night. So. Yeah, that's how my day went on Sunday.
0: (laughs) That'll happen. Yeah, that was a really good game. And then another one that went to overtime, the uh, Buccaneers and the Bills. That was a really good game as well. Uh, The Bills initially looked like they were getting blown out. It was 24-3 to at halftime. And you're thinking, okay, the Bills, there's something wrong with this team, obviously. Uh, Excuse me. Then the Bills go on to tie things up in the fourth quarter with, like, same thing, under a minute to go. Touchdown from Josh Allen to, I think, Gabriel Davis to tie it up. And they go to overtime. Buffalo never sees the ball, I don't think, if I'm not mistaken. And Tom Brady throws a little slant to uh, Brashad Perryman, the ex-Brown. He had a cup of coffee here. And he takes it 50 yards on a slant route. Touchdown, game over. Tampa Bay wins. <clears> They're 10-3, and three, which is surprising because, I mean, we expected Tampa Bay to be really good. And they've looked okay this season, but they've looked beatable. And at the end of the day, they're ten and three, which is, it's just weird. It doesn't feel like they're ten and three, but they are. Uh, is Buffalo a team? Is is Buff? I'm sorry. Is Buffalo a team with fear anymore?
1: I mean, it just seems like they're not. I don't know. It seems like they're there, but they're not there. You know what I mean? Like they they're in every game they play, but they just don't have enough to pull it off. Yeah, I mean, I
0: think losing Tredavious White was a huge loss for them, uh, or Tredavious White. I'm sorry. Um, losing him was a huge loss. I mean, that's one of the best corners in football and they lost him for the year to a torn ACL. And I think that's really hurt their defense. One of the things they prided themselves on was their, their great defense. And then Josh Allen, I mean, don't get me wrong. They, they scored 27 points against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, you know, superior defense on the road. Their biggest issue though, is they do not have a, 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 a good running game, a consistent running game. And I think that really is going to hurt them down the line. You have an iffy defense, And you have a one-dimensional offense. So, no, I don't think the Bills are really that big of a feared team. Um, From my perspective, and this isn't just me bashing the Browns, this is just being reasonable. If we did play them in the playoffs, though, I would would be very afraid to face them, just because they do have the ability to score a lot of points. And as the Browns have showed over the last few weeks, don't get me wrong, we scored, what, 24 points on Sunday? But seven of those came from Miles Garrett. We had a defensive touchdown. Offensively, we're still not able to score more than 17 points. We're really struggling on offense still. And for me right now, any team that can score kind of scares me a little bit. And that's even with the Raiders. The Raiders aren't a very good team, but the Raiders can score. Our defense has played very well. So that's the one thing in our corner. But at the same time, if our defense is a slightly off day, like they did in the second half against the Ravens, if we let a team, like the Ravens with a ton of backups. They, they are one of the most injured teams in football. If you let a team like that score at will against you, imagine what a, a much better team would do against you. And our offense, <clears throat> as far as I'm concerned, I don't think can keep up. So I, for me, the Bills against the Browns scare me, but the Bills going to the Super Bowl, depending on their route to get there, don't scare me. Like, I don't think they would not beat the Chiefs. I think they would probably struggle to beat the Titans. Uh, just off the top of my head, probably the chargers could beat them. Just some AFC teams off the top of my head. So did no, you see I his stat a line, he had 109 yards rushing.
1: Josh Allen did 308 yeah, yards passing. That's so crazy.
0: <clears> that <is> because again <throat> They, they, they healthy scratched Zach Moss, who was their second round pick last year. I think the running back, uh, Devin Singletary is just, he's okay. He's not a great running back. So their running game is really what's holding them back. They don't have one. So Josh Allen kind of has to do everything. And, I mean, kudos to him. That stat line you just read, that's incredible. Like, any team would be really happy to have a guy like that. It's just unfortunate. They just so happen to be playing Tom Brady, who does what Tom Brady does and wins the game in overtime. Uh, The Packers and the Bears, you were long asleep for this one, but that was actually a really good game. Justin Fields looks like he's here to stay in the NFL. They they pretty much kept up with the, the Packers up until the second half. Um, not a whole lot the Bears could have done at that point. That was just a, a, a better coached team, a more experienced team, taking putting the foot on the throat of a rookie quarterback and a dead man walking head coach in Matt Nagy. But overall, it was a really fun game to watch. It was good for me, too. Again, with fantasy football, I have a couple Packers on my team. So pretty good game.
1: Yeah, Justin feels like night,
0: that that, that okay. quarterback, you might want to get into fantasy and
1: as his backup, as someone you want to aim for next year, because he's only going to get better. And he's that dual threat kind of quarterback. I mean, what, he had like 80 yards rushing or whatever, um, two touchdowns, but still, yeah, you're right. I mean, it looks like someone who's going to, as he gets better, is going to get more dangerous.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I, I've said it a million times. I like Ohio State, but I'm not a diehard. I am the first to admit that most of their quarterbacks that come out are not legitimate NFL quarterbacks. I was first to say that for, like, JT Barrett. Like, I had no problem telling people, like, no, I wouldn't draft this guy. I wouldn't draft Dwayne Haskins. Some of these quarterbacks, I was like, no, I don't really like them. Coming out as pros. And then you have Justin Fields, and I I told everybody, my Jet, my, my friends that are Jets fans, I was like, you guys need to take Justin Fields. Stop talking yourself out of Justin Fields for Zach Wilson. Justin Fields is a really good quarterback. And I hate to say I told you so, but it's looking more and more like Zach Wilson's a bust and Justin Fields is legit. Now, a lot of that does obviously have to do with where you go. Because I think Justin Fields and the Jets, where they don't really have any talent, would probably be struggling mightily. But there, don't get me wrong. Would it be as bad as Zach Wilson? Probably not because he's mobile. So you have the shitty offensive line collapsing. He's way more mobile than Zach Wilson. He's got a better arm than Zach Wilson. He's more accurate than Zach Wilson, et cetera. So I think he'd do a little bit better, but I also think there's really no one that could succeed in Jacksonville or with the Jets currently. Those teams are just well, way too depleted.
1: The one thing I like about
0: him is like
1: watching his highlights right now, just on um, you click on the game, they show the highlights on NFL um, is he's a pass first run second. Like he's not looking to run right off the bat. Like he gets the ball. He looks for his checkdowns, and then if he has to run, he runs, which is far different than what Lamar Jackson does. I feel like Lamar just always looks to run, you know. Which yeah, is no. Great. Justin Fields
0: is definitely he 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 has a great arm, and he wants to show it off. So he his first thought is, "I'm going to sling this fucking thing," and if there's nothing there, I'm going to be smart. I'm going to tuck it. I'm going to take what the defense gives me, and it's working so well. it's working well so far. They're they're four and nine, so I mean they're not obviously having a great year, but. I think things could be way worse. You have, like, Khalil Mack hasn't played in, like, a month. He's been hurt. Uh, you've, you've had injuries all over the board for the Bears. And Justin Fields is just out there, and he had to deal with a little adversity. He got hurt himself. Um, beginning of the season, they were pretending to be in love with Andy Dalton, which probably hurt Justin Fields' confidence a little bit, to be like, this, there's, this guy isn't better than me. Why the fuck is he playing? And then they throw Justin Fields into the Wolves. And, I mean, he looked terrible against the Browns. But, again, I, I blame Matt Nagy for that. And the more time progresses, it just, it looks like Justin Fields is happy, smiling. He's not taking as many snacks. He's getting a little smarter. They're blocking for him a little bit better. So sky's the limit for them. Hopefully they get themselves the right head coach that can keep him progressing. And we'll we'll go from there. But I think it's safe to say the best thing for Justin Fields, and I say this every week, I'm going to keep saying until they do it, is to fire Matt Nagy. Monday night. Football, we had another really fucking good game. I don't know if you watched this one at all. You were probably traveling and doing all that shit. Um, (laughs) I just got home. I'm sorry, the Cardinals hosted the Rams. Monday Night Football, Kyler Murray goes out there, puts on a pretty decent performance, but Matthew Stafford says, I've been getting a lot of shit talked about me. I'm going to prove a couple people wrong. And he goes out there and wins the game for the uh, L.A. Rams. Odell Beckham Jr. again scores a touchdown, consistently scoring and getting up, getting yards and catches for for the Rams. Uh, it's safe to it's say, not a problem in Cleveland. I think it's safe to say that. <laughs> um, big news though out of the Cardinals camp: DeAndre Hopkins is undergoing surgery for his knee, and they said at the earliest he might be able to come back for the NFC Championship game. So they're going to be without DeAndre Hopkins for the foreseeable future. Arguably one of the best wide receivers in football, if not the best. So that's a huge blow to that offense, in my opinion. What, it, what he did what, what he, what he do to his knee? So he's been battling a knee injury for a few weeks now. He missed a couple <clears> games and <throat> came back and played on Monday. And apparently, the report I saw said he, he was getting a second opinion on Tuesday. And the last report I saw said he's having surgery and it's going to take him, you know, most likely. Assuming the Cardinals won't get to the NFC championship without him, it's going to take him out for the rest of the season. Damn.
1: That is unfortunate. So
0: that is a, it's a bummer for them, but you know, what are you going to do? Shit happens. Injuries happen. It just so happens that he's the best player on their team, but arguably, and they're without him. That's going to hurt Tyler Murray's playoff or MVP chances, in my opinion. And, I think it's going to go to one of the old men. It's either going to go to Aaron Rodgers or it's going to go to Tom Brady this year. Those are those are the two the two favorites as of right now. I think. They they are
1: yeah.
0: All right, we'll switch gears a little bit. Talk a little football or basketball. What the fuck, we already talked about football. Um, <clears throat> Kyrie Irving, see this news? Yeah, I was actually going to I was going to ask you about that. Like, they're going to make
1: him a part time player, huh? That's interesting.
0: Yeah, very weird. They, it took them this long to decide to let Kyrie Irving play road games only, which is weird. I have never, heard, I didn't think that would be a thing. It would be kind of funny to me if, if opposing teams say, well, we'll do you one better, and we're going to now make vaccines mandatory to enter our facility.
1: <laughs> right. I mean, they have the power to do that, so why not do that? I mean, if you can prevent a really good player from playing, why not use it to your advantage? But see, there, here's the thing that makes me question. It's like I, the owner came out. I, I couldn't have sworn. Was it the owner? I thought the owner is the one that came out and said, no, like you need to get a vaccine or you're not playing, you know, at all. So what made them change course?
0: Uh, I think it might be a little bit that they're just seeing how the season unfolds and seeing that they kind of need him. Don't get me wrong. The Bo- Brooklyn Nets are in first place in the East. They're playing pretty well. Um, I, I think part of me is just this is their way of easing him back in. This is their way of hoping that the, the restrictions get lifted for the, the mandatory vaccines come playoff time, so Kyrie will be allowed to play. So for the time being, they're just going to have him play on the road game so he gets acquainted with his team. And Because, I mean, imagine if they, they lift the mandate in April and it's playoff time and they go, all right, Kyrie, <clears throat> you haven't played basketball in a year, go out there and play and be great in the playoffs. I think this is their way of trying to ease him back in But again, as we said, I mean, unless there's players out there that refuse to get vaccinated, which I haven't heard anything yet, because to my knowledge, there have been, you know, most teams have played in New York already this year. And that's the state where you have to be mandatory to be vaccinated to play. And I've yet to hear anybody not play from a starter, like all-star perspective, like a, a key player. I've yet to see anybody that didn't make the trip or didn't play in a game because of the vaccination issue. So it's really kind of just Kyrie against the world. Which is how he likes it, the flat world that it is, and I wonder if every other team would just say, "Fuck it, our stadium's going to be a mandatory vaccine." But then again, you're hurting your your fans and your money that you're putting in your pocket. Is it worth it to keep Kyrie Irving out of your out of your stadium? To me, yeah, you can't put a price on a championship, and if Kyrie Irving can't play, that really hurts the Nets' chances at a championship. So. If it's me, I make it mandatory until Kyrie Irving gets vaccinated. And then once he gets vaccinated, you lift that restriction. But until he does, I fucking say do it.
1: <laughs> I, I, I want to see if someone does do
0: that. It'd be hilarious.
1: I think it'd be really hilarious.
0: <clears throat> yeah, so, I mean, it's going to be interesting. I don't know what's going to happen of it, but that's just the, the the news that I just saw. Um, Here we go. Let me see here. Yeah, it just says right here, having Irving back for road games is something Nets owner Joel Tsai, general manager Sean Marks, and coach Steve Nash were fully supportive of. Irving has been eager to return to play in teams away games, sources to say. Irving, who last practiced regularly with the team during the first week of training camp back in September, can start practicing at the team facility, although it remains to be seen will he, when he will be able to practice with his teammates. So they're allowing him to go practice at the facility, but he's just not allowed to be with his team. Really weird situation going on there. Um, I don't know. Um, All because he won't get the vaccine, huh? That's crazy. The circumstances have changed dramatically for the Nets since their owner, Marks, and the team made a collaborative decision to not have Irving be a part of the... to not have him be a part-time player back in October. And now their roster is gutted with injuries and COVID-19 guys because they're kind of getting desperate. So they're going to bring him back anyway, which is ironic that... They have a potential COVID breakout and they're going to bring Kyrie Irving back knowing he's not vaccinated. Seems like a recipe for disaster in my opinion, but. What do we know though?
1: No, it's okay. Let it go.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I only saw miles Garrett. Who's one of the freakishly gifted chiseled men that I've ever seen. He is in the weirdest shape I've ever seen a human that can move that like that get COVID and it affected his oxygen so much that it, it, it really hurt the second half of the season. And the Nets are going to allow an unvaccinated guy whose sole job is to run up and down a court full speed and need stamina and oxygen, et cetera. <clears throat> They're going to risk him out there. So to them, the greater the greater good is winning a championship. And Kyrie Irving's health to them is a non-issue.
1: Or maybe it's we'll their see. goal is to get him to get COVID so he realizes how important the vaccine is.
0: I mean, there's yep, two sides. <laughs> by then it could be a little too late because then do you want – do you want Kyrie Irving vaccinated and never having COVID or do you want Kyrie Irving that had COVID and could potentially have some breathing issues down the line when you're trying to make a playoff, you know, slash championship run. So it's a, it's a risky game that they play because again, I know COVID mostly like the, the, the harsher COVIDs affects, you know, older people, people with breathing issues, et cetera, out of shape people. But when I saw Kyrie or I'm sorry, not Kyrie Irving, when I saw Miles Garrett say that it, you know, he, he had trouble breathing afterwards, it really affected his oxygen, that's where I went. That guy's a, a top shape of any person in the world, and it affected him. Imagine what it would do to me you know, or somebody else, an mm-hmm. average Joe. So Kyrie Irving is in great shape. Sure, he's in NBA shape, but he's not in Miles Garrett's shape. So I don't know. It's a risky game they're playing. Risky, risky when, game.
1: When would his first game be back? Maybe they don't know yet. Trying to see when they uh, schedule scheduled. right here.
0: now, it says that they have a game against the Trail Blazers. Their next road game is December 23rd against the Blazers. So just next week. And then they play on Christmas Day at the Lakers. So he could potentially be playing on Christmas Day against LeBron. That's another reason why they're probably doing it. The NBA is like, hey, motherfuckers, get him on the court. We need people to watch this game.
1: Kyrie versus LeBron, absolutely. <clears throat>
0: So we'll see what happens with that. But that's definitely an interesting thing to follow. Speaking of things to follow in the NBA, the Cleveland fucking Cavaliers. Ladies and gentlemen, they are the, what are they, the fourth seed right now?
1: Yeah, they Last are checked, they legit. They haven't
0: played in a couple of nights. But uh, yeah, I mean, they beat the shit out of the Miami Heat. Then obviously this was expected. They beat the hell out of the Houston Rockets, which I, I take that back. Maybe, maybe not expected because the Rockets, as of late, before they played the Cavs, were eight and two, I think in their last 10 games, they were actually in a little bit of a hot streak. And then they came to Cleveland and they just got embarrassed. I mean, the Cavs were up by like 45 points at one point. They put in all the backups, the game, the score made it look even, it was still embarrassing, but the score looked a little closer than it actually ever was. Um, Cavs are five game,
1: five game winning streak. They're currently eight and two in their last 10 games.
0: Yes, sir. Eight and two. They are currently sitting in the fourth spot. Um, which realistically, I mean, we have more wins than the Bulls, but because of the losses, the Bulls sit a little bit ahead of us. So strictly on winning percentages, we're in fourth place. But realistically, I'm looking at us as third place. I'll call it like I see it. Huge game tomorrow night, though. They take on the Milwaukee Bucks. The Bucks played them very well a couple of weeks ago, but the Cavs did have some injuries. Some guys out. Uh, they'll be without Isaac Okoro tomorrow. He tested positive for COVID, so he is now on the uh, COVID protocol list. Um going to be a a tough game but it should be a fun one I'm looking forward to it to see you know I want again as we talked last week I like I love the Cavs team don't get me wrong but I'm sick of seeing them come up short against these good teams I watched them play the Nets tooth and nail till the end of the game and they pissed away the game I watched them play the Golden State Warriors they had a lead on the Warriors most of the game and then they let Steph Curry take the game over I watched them do that to the Bucs. They played the Bucs pretty evenly until the fourth quarter a few weeks ago. If you remember, they, they made like a 15-point comeback on the Bucs, and then the Bucs right. just pulled away. So I'm, I'm hoping tomorrow night that the Cavs just go out there and win a game against one of these legit teams. You can do it, Cavs. I have faith. Do it. I need to see that shit, though.
1: Yeah. They're just fun to watch though. I mean, I just, I mean, I've watched more Cavs games this year than ever in the last maybe two or three years, just turning it on and watching them play. They look like they're just a bunch of kids playing backyard basketball, having a good time. You know, the way the ball moves, the way they, they always find the open man and and how excited they get. Like hell, I was watching the game the other night when they beat the the Rockets and the end of the game where like the, the third string people were in making baskets, like the entire bench was up and jumping around and cheering. Like, that that's just fun to look at, you know?
0: <clears throat> yeah. This is like, imagine if you imagine if the NBA, and obviously I'm not saying these guys are all superstars, but imagine if the NBA let the, their superstars make like a super team and all those players were, it wasn't like the, the, the Olympics or something like that. Let's say it was actually, you know, really good friends that are all NBA talent players playing on the same team. Imagine the fun that they would have beating the shit out of other teams That's what the Cavs look like. And the scary thing is, is that, like you said, these are all these young kids that – I'm a huge Cavs fan, and I watched the Cavs for the last few years, but it was to the point where I'd watch maybe a couple quarter or two because eventually we'd be down by 20 points, and I'd go, all right, this game's over. Who gives a shit? Like, I remember last year we beat the Nets twice in, like, a week, and I was so pumped for that because we were such a bad team that beating the Nets was like, holy shit, this is amazing. Obviously, it doesn't mean anything. We're not going to the playoffs, but it's still cool to see us beat the Nets. Now, this year, you're watching a team where you go, we should beat the Nets. I think we're good enough to beat them. And I watched them play them damn near. Like I said, it was a, it was a tight game up until the end against most of these quality opponents that they've had. So seeing them compete is awesome. But now I want to see that next step. I don't want to see them compete tomorrow against the Bucs. I want them to beat the Bucs.
1: Agree. Agree.
0: But but like you said, though, it is amazing to watch the chemistry between this team. And that's a scary thing coming up with the trade deadline quickly approaching. Do they make any moves? Do they keep where they're at? It's definitely going to be tough. I, uh, it's hard to say. Like You look at a guy like Ricky Rubio, who's on a one-year contract. Do you give Ricky Rubio a big contract to stay for the foreseeable future at 30-something years of age? Or do you possibly move him because he's playing the best basketball of his career, However, he is like the, he's like the shepherd of the team, in my opinion. He's the guy that comes in off the, off the bench. And he, he's a great player, and, and, and the chemistry he has with the Cavaliers is incredible. I don't want to lose I just, that. I, I, don't see how you move I,
1: don't, I don't see how you move anybody on this team. I, I mean, I know we might have to because we do need some wing presence, but I don't see how you do it, you know?
0: Latest rumors I saw say the Cavaliers are still interested in Ben Simmons. Oh I personally am not. I don't want him here. I think he is a bit of a diva. I don't think he would he would buy into this team. I would love it if he would, but there's a, a huge part of me that doesn't think that he would. And I don't want to risk this chemistry by bringing in a guy who just turned his back on his team in Philadelphia, which don't get me wrong. I'm sure it probably upsets players to hear trade rumors when you're on a team that's projected to be one of the top teams in the East. And they, you know they have been over the last few years. I feel like you would be a little heartbroken when you find out that they could possibly be trading in the offseason. But at the same time, Ben Simmons kind of needs to understand where he is as a player. When you're struggling from the free throw line, as much as he is with your jump shot, when teams can just foul you and you're not really a threat and that's costing your team. I think that is a situation where they need to look to improve and it's a shame, but it just happened to be Ben Simmons. That was the odd man out. And he took it so personally that, you know, it's a huge ordeal. He wants out. He, refused to show up to training camp, refuses to play for them. He's been taking a personal leave of absence, etc. I don't want I, that here. With, with I also,
1: teams. I also would hate to bring someone new in and then it like upsets everyone else. Like you trade someone away and then you right, the chemistry thing. will just piss everybody off and they probably won't want to play anymore. You know?
0: Like there's a rumor of Damian Lillard could potentially be available. That's a guy that I think could fit in here. I think his style of play could be good. However, what would it cost? I don't really want to give up some of our key components. Like I saw some, some rumors that were saying you'd have to give up like Isaac Akuro. Um, I believe maybe it was even Kevin Love was part of the trade, a couple other pieces, some draft picks, etc. I don't want to lose those guys. Cause Kevin Love is playing his best basketball in years. Uh, Isaac Akuro is, is so young. I would hate to lose him. Although he's a guy I could see being expendable because when you are bringing in a guy like Damian Lillard, Obviously, Isaac Okoro could be expendable for that because you're getting the points from Lillard that you'll never get from Okoro. But as of late, Okoro's been playing very well. He's been scoring points, which is something you don't expect from him. We got a,
1: a comment here too.
0: Oh yeah, go ahead. Sorry.
2: Hey guys, great to listen to your show. So a little basketball question. I know you're talking NFL, but I see that there's some movement on the Kyrie Irving issue about possibly getting vaccinated or some loophole in the situation if Kyrie does get vaccinated what kind of percentage do you put on the possible move of Kyrie being sent to Philly for Ben Simmons
0: a great question actually so appreciate you listening uh Biggie we actually just got done talking a little bit about Kyrie so the current rumor is or not rumor actually it's, it's coming out that Kyrie will join the nets as only with them on the road. So he'll play in away games because he's not going to get vaccinated. He's going to hold his ground as of right now, things could obviously change, but as of right now, he's, he's just going to play with, with them on the road. And I, I, that is tough. I mean, I almost feel like he does need to get vaccinated in order for, for Philly to, to want him. Um, but, I don't know. That's tough. Cause I mean, as a Cavs fan, a person who lives in Cleveland, Kyrie Irving has been a little bit of a headache and it seems like he's a headache everywhere he goes. And, you know, you see, you, you saw him kind of freak out a little bit with the LeBron situation here and demand his trade. And maybe you thought, okay, justified. Then he goes to uh, Boston, same thing. He's a little crazy. He rubs people the wrong way, ends up in New York or Brooklyn. Now he's kind of doing the same thing. He's hurting the team because he's stubborn because he wants to prove points. Maybe Philadelphia is going to look at that and go, we're not interested in this guy. We're getting rid of Ben Simmons, who's been a problem child, for another guy who's known to be a problem child. So I don't know if they'd be willing to do that. That would be interesting, though. And then the I other thing they do n- for Philadelphia.
1: Oh, God. I say a non-problem Kyrie um, on, on that team would be legit, though. I mean, that'd be a hell of a roster right there if you put Kyrie in, in Philly. But it, you'd have to eliminate all the outside noise with Kyrie, though. I just don't think that's possible.
0: And I look at the outside perspective, like I look long-term and this is something I would think of if I was the GM of the Sixers is you're in the East. So potential playoff opponents could be the Knicks could be the Brooklyn Nets. And you have to play away games in those series. Who knows what the seeding could end up being. You could be the, you know, it looks like Brooklyn's, you know, they're trying to pull away and have the one seed. If they do, they get home court advantage. So now you're at a disadvantage because Kyrie Irving would not be able to play in those games in the playoffs, your biggest moment would not have Kyrie Irving. So I think that's a huge thing to think about in the long term. Would it be good for the regular season? Sure. But Ben Simmons, I think, fills that role just as well. If the Sixers can can fix that issue, I would rather have Ben Simmons and Kyrie Irving personally on my team. And that's just me. All right. As we we're saying, the Cavaliers play the Bucks tomorrow night. Should be a fun one. Um... That's really all there is. There's not a whole lot happening in the NBA. Just a lot of guys going on the COVID list. Uh, Isaiah Thomas, ex-Cavalier, ex-All-Star. I mean, at one point was an amazing player for about a season. And then reality set back in for him. He signed a nice one-day or 10-day or contract with the Los Angeles Lakers because they are without a couple players on the COVID list. And we'll see what happens there. I don't think it's going to be any type of resurgence for his career. But it is kind of exciting to see Isaiah Thomas get to play with LeBron again, and we'll see how that works out this time around. I'm not expecting much, though. I don't know if you are, Kyle, but I am not.
1: Uh, no, not at all. We actually have another comment though, too.
0: Oh God,
2: guys, another NBA question. With the trade deadline happening in February, and the Knicks seem to be staggering out of the gates here a little bit, could you see the Knicks making a move for a guard? And the two potential trade rumors that I'm hearing are either Eric Gordon or Darren Fox from Sacramento. Could you see that happening? And which player do you think helps the Knicks the most?
0: That's a really good question. Um, I would probably say Eric Gordon would help them a little bit more. I think he's got the, uh, he's got the chemistry with uh, Derek Rose. Those two, fun fact, they were AAU teammates back in the day. So they have a little bit of chemistry i also think gordon's just a you know veteran player nothing wrong, gear and foxes as well but it, it's looking more and more that their their signing of kemba walker was a disaster they're already i was just gonna say that i
1: was gonna say what a mistake Which is that funny was because,
0: <laughs> yeah when when they when they signed him i joked around with my friends that are knicks fans and i was you know busting their balls i didn't think kemba walker would be this bad but i was like Oh my God! How did you? Why would you do that? I was just kidding around with them, and it turned out to be truthful. He's now out of the rotation. Then they gave a huge contract to Evan Fournier, who is coming off his career year and not living up to that potential again. So the Knicks are a little desperate because they need to make a move quickly; otherwise, their season's going to be kind of over. I mean, it's going to be over before it begins. They're they're struggling.
1: They got a hell of a lineup too. I mean, it's just it's just weird to see. I mean, they had such a good season last year. Um, surprising season last year, but and their lineup is legit. They have good players. But they're individual players. Like, they're not playing together as a team very well, and I, I think, like, I agree with you. I think Gordon would be a hell of an addition there. I don't know what they give up to get him, but I think it would be a hell of an addition.
0: I mean, it's it's a little scary for me as a Cavs fan because you have the, the Knicks, to me, look like a team that, from last year, that could be a little similar to the Cavs from this year, because you have a team that wasn't expected to do much. You had some guys that played out, out of their minds. However, a lot of guys in the Cavaliers have already been paid. So Jared Allen, for instance, he got a huge contract in the off season and he has only gotten better as a player, which is, is, is crazy. You don't see that too often. And then you look at the Knicks; They gave Julius Randle a huge contract because he had a career year last year and he's not playing as well. They gave the huge contract to Kemba Walker. He's playing like shit, huge contract to Evan Fournier; He's playing like shit. Uh, Last night they beat the Houston Rockets, which, you know, whoopity doo, it's not that exciting. Uh, Emmanuel quickly had like seven three pointers or something like that, if I'm not mistaken. He had a really good game. Um, so I don't know. There's something about the Knicks that it, it's almost like last year was a complete fluke and they bought into themselves a little too much and they went crazy with, you know, free agency money and they did not make the right decisions and they're kind of back in the basement. So. Definitely an interesting aspect in, in New York. We'll see what happens if they turn it around. But yeah, I mean, they are they are having huge buyer's remorse. They are desperate to get rid of Kemba Walker. Definitely going to be an interesting team to keep an eye on at the trade deadline and leading up to it because they are, they're desperate. It's New York. It's the Mecca of basketball. Madison Square Garden, you want a good team. And coming off the season that they had last season, albeit they got to the playoffs and it was very disappointing. They got eliminated by the uh, the Hawks and Trey Young in the first round, if I'm not mistaken. And they need to kind of get back to that that place to be a playoff contending team. And as of right now, I mean, they're at the bottom. They're they're what 12th place or something like that in the East. It's early. Things can turn around really quickly. Every team's within a few games of each other for the most part. So it's not like they're in panic mode. But it's getting getting close. I think if I'm the Knicks. Any college news or anything we missed?
1: No, not really. I was looking at some of that, too, but nothing crazy yet. I mean, nothing really worth talking to until March anyway, so it's okay.
0: (laughs) All right. Yeah, that sounds about right. (laughs) All right, ladies and gentlemen, that is going to get us to our week 15 picks, our favorite time of the show. We are going to do it. Uh, Kyle gained a ground on me, a game on me, ground-wise, last week. Two games, I I thought. Was it two? Let's see. Uh, actually, yeah, it was two. I'm sorry. I forgot you picked Cleveland. I thought we both picked Baltimore last week.
1: I rolled with the day. I
0: rolled with the home team. <clears throat> yes. Kyle gained two grounds. So I am now up by two because I had a four game lead. I didn't do the final math. I'll do that later. Who gives a shit? Uh, yeah, but a two game lead right now for me as we head into week 15 and honor system, Kyle and I both texted each other our picks last night. We both had Kansas city uh again the main reason we pushed the show back and to do it on stereo kyle is ill he couldn't come over wednesday understandably <clears> he <throat> couldn't come over the night either and when wednesday approached we were going to do a stereo together and we thought about it and i was like you know what <clears throat> with the browns every day it seems like having more and more cases and then with the rumors of a potential postponement of the game I said, I don't want to record on Wednesday and give a full breakdown on all this bullshit. And then there's new shit happening every day leading up to it. And sure shit, here we are today. The Browns game has officially been postponed to Monday. Uh, works out for me. I was joking with my wife and I was like, you know, I don't, I'm not a religious guy, but there's something looking out for me because I'm, I'm, I'm at a wedding tomorrow and I was going to have to try to listen to the game or watch it on my phone, sneak away to get some clips here and there. I really wasn't going to be able to see much of the game, and I was no bullshit today at work. I was literally on Amazon. I was going to buy some ear pods, and I was like, I need some discreet ones that I can wear where no one will notice it. It doesn't look rude, but I want to be able to listen to the game, and here we go. Gets pushed to Monday. Now I'll be home from work at at 4 o'clock. Boom. Sitting in my basement watching the game. Couldn't be happier.
1: It was meant to be.
0: It really was. So it all works out, And uh, but yeah, that's the reason we decided to push the episode till tonight just because we wanted to see all this shit go down. And sure enough, it it changed me personally. I don't, I'm not changing my, my other picks. The Browns pick might change. I need to see who gets healthy. Um, Spoiler alert. I'll just tell you, I picked the Eagles and I picked the um, LA Rams. And there's nobody that could come back in those games for either any, any of those teams. That's going to make me change my picks personally. So those I'm not worried about. The Browns, however, the Browns are missing so many key players that that's a game that definitely, because of the matchup, it's pretty tight, uh, definitely can change. Was that a, an alert? I'm not on the app. Yeah, you're good. Here we go. Hey, guys,
2: if I may, quick fantasy football question. Who do you guys like this week? Miami's defense at home or the Buffalo Bills at home? Bills are playing Carolina. Dolphins are playing the Jets in what is supposed to be a rainy day down
0: in Miami. Give me the Ooh, Dolphins. Yeah, I mean, me personally, uh, because of what was available, I, I actually I have New England's defense. And just because I'm a little skeptical of them against Jonathan Taylor because of how good he is, I personally picked up the Dolphins' defense this week in my playoff league and I'm rolling with the Dolphins against the Jets. I think, like you said, could be some shit weather down there in Miami. <clears throat> Zach Wilson turns it over in beautiful weather. He could turn it over in a dome. It doesn't matter. Um, he's like a Dr. Seuss book. He could turn it over on a boat. He could turn it over on a moat. It doesn't matter. Zach Wilson turns it over. <laughs> I am sticking with the Miami Dolphins. He's a, he's, a, he's a
1: baker. He just makes turnovers.
0: He Yeah, he's kind of like our baker. Um,
1: oh, but, um, but Buff-
0: Buffalo's defense has been a little shaky as of late. Carolina has been a little fluky also, like last week against the Falcons. If it weren't for the pick six, the Falcons were – or the, the Panthers were right in that game. Not to say the Falcons' defense is comparable to the Bills, but Carolina can score. Rumors of Sam Darnold being back this week. I know they don't have Christian McCaffrey, but they could still score a little bit. So I'm going Miami personally, and I'm going ride, to ride with them for the playoffs <coughs> and see what happens.
2: Here's the nice thing about the Dolphins' play.
1: <clears throat>
2: in fantasy football, I always try and stream the defense and the kicker that have the Monday night game so I can either come back on a league or keep a lead going. The Dolphins have a Monday night game next week as well. So in my league, that would be the championship week. So nice. I picked up the Dolphins' kicker and the Dolphins' defense.
0: Good there kicker, is there a kicker in X-Brown, or am I thinking of somebody else? No, they don't have him anymore, I don't think.
1: I'm not I don't sure. Know either. Right look it up. There's so many X-Brown kickers out there, it's really hard to say. There is.
0: I was thinking of Greg Joseph. I think he maybe came from He's Miami a... when we first got him.
1: Greg Joseph's look... in, in, in Minnesota right
0: now. Right, that's what I'm saying. I think he played there before he came to Cleveland, so maybe that's what I was thinking of. Um, let me look it up really quickly. Bear with me. Jason Sanders. Okay, so no, I'm thinking of – I was thinking of Greg Joseph, I think, then. But no, that's a good strategy to have. I mean, that's cool, and especially puts a little extra interest in watching a a game that you normally wouldn't. Like, for me, I have Justin Jefferson in one league, but that league I'm unfortunately eliminated. So him playing on Monday night doesn't mean much for me. So if I watch the game, it'll strictly be from a fan perspective. But it is cool to have a guy going in a game that normally you wouldn't care about because there are sometimes – some rough opponents or matchups on, on big games, Sunday night football, Monday night football, like even Tampa Bay and new Orleans on Sunday night, not a game I would honestly watch. Cause I don't really have anything going fan wise. Like I expect Tampa Bay to win pretty easily. However, I have Taysom Hill. So I'm going to watch every second of that game because I need him to win me a playoff game. So that's the fun part about uh, fantasy football is it definitely keeps you interested in games that you normally probably wouldn't care about. Uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I go with Miami's defense. I'd have to look at the schedule. I don't know who they're playing next week. Um on Monday Night Football, but definitely not they've been their defense has been playing fantastic <clears throat> lately. And when you play again, the Jets, the Jets and Zach Wilson are turnover machines. So never a bad a team to face. That gets us to tomorrow. Obviously, we're gonna skip the Raiders Cleveland game. We'll do that one last and we'll do it last because it's technically gonna be one of the last games of the week. But we have New England against Indianapolis. I'd be lying if I told you this game didn't almost keep me up at night. Oh, Monday night against the Saints. That would be a good matchup for the uh, the Dolphins. But anyway, yeah, New England, at Indianapolis, <coughs> both coming off the bye week. From what I've heard, New England is not very good coming off a bye. And Frank Reich, and uh, obviously it's his first year with their second year with the Colts, but Frank Reich, or however you say his fucking last name, he is very good coming off a bye. So kind of got me thinking home team. Jonathan Taylor's playing like an MVP, but it's Bill. It's Bill Belichick. The Patriots are playing as one of the best teams in football overall. They're one of the hottest teams in the league. This was a tough pick. I ended up just going with Bill Belichick because I can't bet against him at this point. So I went with New England.
1: Yeah, this is this and plus one other, I think was a tough one for me this week. This was very hard. Um I didn't go into the detail you did as far as it goes. I just know that both teams are just playing pretty good football right now. Um, but, yeah, I went with New England. I, it's hard to go against Bill Belichick. I think the the Patriots are starting to finally find out who they are as a team. Um, and I just I,
0: – I, until
1: he loses, it's hard to really bet against him.
0: I mean, it, honestly, it should be a really good game. Like, if I can sneak away to watch a little bit of it, I, I plan on it because – you have from what I this is all what I read because I did a lot of research on this game to make my right pick. I mean, we're getting down to the nitty gritty. In uh, so for those of you that don't know, Kyle and I are in a Facebook Pickems group with some friends, and I am slowly not slowly, but I am I'm sitting atop everybody by three games. I mean, that could quickly turn around in an instant. So I have to put a lot of emphasis on making sure I'm right. <laughs> and I, I I did a ton of research on this game, and I saw you know that the, the The Colts have a top-five rushing defense, so they're going to do their best to shut down the run and make Mac Jones beat them. And then same thing with the Patriots. The Patriots are going to – it's Bill Belichick. You know what he's going to do. He's going to shut down your best weapon, which is Jonathan Taylor. So he's going to try to shut down Jonathan Taylor and make Carson Wentz beat him, which Carson Wentz could do. He's done it before. Well, he didn't do it. I mean, Nick Foles did it. But Carson Wentz has played at a really high level in the NFL. He's a really good quarterback. However, he does make mistakes, and that's where I think the the Patriots will capitalize. I think they're going to make – Carson Wentz, turn it over a couple times and that'll kind of be the dagger in this game. So that's why I went with new England. But if Indianapolis wins, I could, I would not be surprised. I just didn't believe in that enough to pick them, especially with some of the people behind me. I didn't see it. Like I'm, I'm not one of those people that waits till I see everyone else's picks. My picks were made. I just didn't want to post them till everybody else was, was making their picks if I'm being honest. Um, so my pick was new England for <clears throat> day. I just, I can't change it. I can't go with Indianapolis just so happens that some of the guys behind me, which is Kyle, a couple other guys, also went with New England. And I was like, okay, that makes me feel better about my pick because I'm not going to be ballsy and go, well, I'm going Colts then. Because then if I lose, I fuck myself and I let people back in it. So I went with my gut. A lot of money on the line. We got a couple weeks left here. So, yeah, that's right. Yeah, I mean, like I said, a three-game lead. I'm I'm desperately holding on. Then we get into Sunday because that's the only Saturday game of the week because of the Browns. So Carolina at Buffalo. Uh, To me, this was kind of an easy pick. I think Buffalo, over the last couple of weeks, have showed that I don't really count that Monday night game against the the Patriots. I think that was a fluky because of the shit weather. That was a fluky game. I think Buffalo's decent, but I do think that they're they're showing their weaknesses. So I'm going Buffalo, though. They're at home taking on Carolina. Carolina's been a dumpster fire for the last few weeks. They're struggling to stay afloat. And I don't know what the weather's going to be specifically. I didn't look it up, but it's Buffalo in December. So I just assume it's going to be pretty shitty. So give me the team that plays in that weather regularly. I'm taking the bills.
1: Yeah, no, this is a pretty easy pick, Buffalo too. And we can't talk about weather. I mean, this weather has been freakishly different this year. I mean, with 60-degree weather last week or this week in December, it's crazy.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's kind of common, though, for Cleveland. Like, I remember a few years ago on Christmas, I, I, I was going, you know, back and forth from families and stuff like that making our trip and or maybe Christmas Eve and it was like 65 degrees I was wearing a t-shirt no jacket and then like a week later it was a foot of snow on the ground so that happens in Cleveland a lot I mean the game in Buffalo just what two Monday nights ago against the Patriots was a snowstorm 60 mile an hour winds like it was crazy in Buffalo so I just assume anytime you get into the, the winter months in Buffalo I just expect bad weather and wind and chaos so that's what I'm going with in this one And I think even if it was played in Carolina, I'd probably go with the Bills anyway. Next up, we have the Miami Dolphins at home taking on the New York Jets. And same thing, weather doesn't really factor in for me. I just think the Dolphins are the better team. Brian Flores is my guy. And I think he's going to do whatever he has to do to shut down that shitty Jets team. And it should be pretty easy for them. Miami, don't look now. They're creeping up on everybody and making themselves into the conversation for the wild card. And I think they helped themselves with another win here against the Jets.
1: Yeah, I can't. I don't think I picked the Jets once this year. Um, yeah, it's it's a Miami pick for sure.
0: Yeah, the Jets are, <clears throat> are terrible. They're a team, like you said, I would never pick them. Uh, this game got moved to Tuesday. Do you want to wait and do it at the end because we'll go in order? Or do you want to just knock the Washington-Philly game out now? Up to you.
1: No, I just knock it out. We're going in order. It's fine.
0: All right, I'll let you go first here. I keep going first, and I feel
1: rude. <laughs> well, you are rude, but it's okay. Um, yeah, so... I know. I said
0: I feel rude. I don't care if I am.
1: It's when I feel <laughs> it that I bring it up. Um, this game for me was I, – I just i I've been riding Philadelphia all year. I think I've picked them in most games they played. Um, it doesn't change here. I think it's going to be a good game, but I don't know. Is Heineke – is is he out, or or is he not? Um, is he So, Heineke, he,
0: he got added to the COVID list today, which oh, so really out. is going to make it – well, it's going to make it tough because of the new the new policies. I'm assuming he's vaccinated, so we'll see. He might be able to get t- cleared by Tuesday. However, if I'm not mistaken, he was also battling a knee injury, and there were some reports that he wasn't going to be playing anyway. But this stretching it out another two days, maybe that helps him. But I look at it as you have a Taylor Heineke who's at you know maybe 50 percent health wise. Right. If that, if he right. can even go, I still I'm I'm, gonna, I'm with you. I'm rolling with Philadelphia in this one.
1: Yeah, it's it's. I just go. I mean, Philadelphia is, is a good team. They're just not perfect, but I, they're they're a better team than Washington.
0: And on top of it, Washington is in a similar situation to the Browns, where they have, whether Heineke plays or not, they have like twenty people on the COVID list. So even with the new protocol in place, maybe they get a handful of them back for Tuesday. But is it enough? I don't think so. I'm going with the Eagles. Next up, we have Arizona at Detroit. As I mentioned earlier, DeAndre Hopkins is going to be out for probably the rest of the season with his knee injury. Arizona coming off a tough loss to the Rams. Detroit coming off a dominant loss from the Denver Broncos. Pretty easy pick for me. I mean, I'll, I'll just take this one and say I think we're both going to go with Arizona.
1: Yeah, yeah we're both going to Arizona for sure.
0: All right. Pretty easy. Don't even really need to give an explanation on that one. Next up, we have Dallas taking on the New York Giants. Uh, Dallas is, again, as I said, when they played the Redskins or the the football team last week, they let them back in it. They took their foot off the gas in the second half. The, they're struggling. Jerry Jones even kind of came out and, and admitted that Dak Prescott is struggling as of late. He's in a bit of a slump, as he called it. And a little turmoil there because Dak came out and said, I don't feel like I'm in a slump. kind of disagreed with what Jerry had to say, but I don't think it's enough to where it's going to hurt the team. I think it's just a little, mid-season frustration. I think they get it out of their system against the Giants this week, and I think Dallas wins pretty easily.
1: Yeah, I I can't see the Giants making this any kind of a game. I mean, maybe ten ten 10-point game, but I think the spread's like 10.5 anyways. Um, But yeah, give me Dallas in this game.
0: Yeah, this one's pretty easy. This is a good week. It's kind of fucked up because you have games that are super easy picks, and then you have questionable games. Like, I don't know who to pick. So... This next one here is one of those doozies. We have – I'll let you take it away. We have Tennessee at Pittsburgh.
1: Well, I'm just going to keep my streak of never picking Pittsburgh. But, I again, this week I think that the recipe how to destroy Pittsburgh was kind of – not destroy, but beat them in, in a pretty good way was shown last week by Minnesota. I think Tennessee is a better team than Minnesota is. Um, and I, I think Tennessee continues their winning ways. I, I'm taking Tennessee in this game. I, I think that they run all over them. Even though they don't have Derrick Henry, they still can run the ball. Um, and I, I think that they uh, do enough to get the job done.
0: Yeah, Tennessee <clears throat> is a weird team for me. Uh, I don't right, – just when I think I have a little confidence in them and I pick them, they screw me. Same thing with Pittsburgh. When I pick against Pittsburgh and I think, oh, they're done, sick of forking them, they end up winning. So this is a really tough week for me. I actually went with Pittsburgh. And it's because they're at home. I, I look at the second half, how they played last week against Minnesota. And realistically, if Chase Claypool wasn't a fucking idiot, and if Pat Frayermuth could catch the ball, there's a good chance they tie that game up. Because I'll, I, hate to, I hate to do it, but I'll give Big Ben credit. He threw a beautiful pass to Frayermuth in the middle of the end zone. And, I mean, you couldn't have put it in a better place. He just dropped the ball. It got knocked away. So, I mean, I'll give him credit on the defense, too. But Pittsburgh just won't go away. Tennessee, though, I mean, like you said, the, the recipe for beating Pittsburgh is run the ball. However, you're doing it now with Deontay Foreman instead of Dalvin Cook. And for whatever reason, Ryan Fitzpatrick, not Ryan Fitzpatrick, I'm sorry, Ryan Tannehill hasn't been able to get in sync with Julio Jones. Their passing passing is struggling. They've been dealing with injuries. So for whatever reason, I decided to go with Pittsburgh. I'm rolling the dice on this one. This is uh, one of our different picks of the week. And I just I had to do it. I had to go with Pittsburgh. I don't know why. I just feel like they kind of they kind of figured themselves out a little bit last week. They're the home team. They know that they need to stop the run. So I think that's going to be a huge factor in what they're doing on offense and or on defense. I mean, their focal point will be to shut down the run because again, you're not facing Derrick Henry. And I don't know. I went Pittsburgh. So we have a different pick here. Kyle could either gain some ground again or I extend my lead. We shall <clears> see. Next up, Houston at Jacksonville. What was a shit game that nobody cares about now turns into a shit game that people might care about for 10 minutes because it's the first game without Urban Meyer for Jacksonville. Um, Personally, I don't think that makes a difference. I think Jacksonville is just not a very good team. Houston has shown that they can score. They can kind of compete. Jacksonville really hasn't showed any heart. I also think firing your coach in the middle of the night on Wednesday Makes it tough for a young team and for a first-time interim head coach to get the team rallied. I'm going Houston.
1: Yeah, I went Houston here, too, just for that simple fact that Jacksonville is a horrible team.
0: Yeah, they're kind of in the middle of a shit show, so same thing. I'm going with, Jacksonville, or with a Houston here in Jacksonville. Their first game without Urban Meyer, I don't think much changes. And I think they, uh, they face a big L. Next up, Atlanta travels to san francisco now this is an interesting game because as i mentioned earlier san francisco sucks at home they're great on the road however i think they are just a better team and i think they're going to handle atlanta pretty well here so i took san francisco at home
1: well it's a season of redemption shanahan's trying not to get fired so yeah i think he keeps winning right, give me san francisco here
0: Yeah, he really is. I mean, again, when we talked about how he could potentially get fired, next thing you know, he's fucking – He's he's lit a a
1: fire. Yeah, it's crazy.
0: But, uh, yeah, I mean, I think, uh, you know, Atlanta's been a fun story with how they've played this year and how they've kind of stayed on the radar. But kind of like Washington, I think they're going to – now we're getting to the nitty-gritty end of the season, and it's time to put on their big boy pants, and I don't think that those teams are capable of doing it just yet. So, going with San Francisco. Next up, a huge game. In terms of the Browns, because not only do you have a team with the same record as you, you have a divisional team that's that's right on your nipping at your heels. We have the Cincinnati Bengals taking on the Denver Broncos. This is a tough one for the Browns because obviously you want the Bengals to lose because that helps the Browns inch closer away from them. However, again, Denver has the same record as the Browns right now, so a win for them keeps them on neck and neck with you for a wild card spot. But I think in, in, in the way the season's going for the Browns, you almost need to start thinking division, not wild card. So for me, obviously we want Denver to lose, but I don't think that's going to happen this week. I think Cincinnati bounces back Their Their offense is is back in sync. They were able to score at will kind of against the, uh, the Niners last week. Joe Burrow's playing great. He does lead the league in interceptions, which is going to be huge for the Denver defense. I just don't know if the Denver offense is going to be able to, Keep up with the Cincinnati offense, even though Denver has a really good defense. So I went with Cincinnati.
1: Yeah, I think it's a big week for Joe Burrow. I think him and, and Jamar Chase can have a pretty big week together. So yeah, I went with Cincinnati in this one too, sadly. I mean, but it yeah.
0: Realistically, could be a really fun game to watch because again, Denver's <clears throat> defense is no joke, uh, but their offense isn't the greatest. So it's really going to be a battle. This could be a very low-scoring game, honestly, even though you'd expect it to be a little different. It could be just a fun game to watch. But I just, I'm just i going to go with Cincinnati. I think in the NFL, when you have two teams going up against each other, that's kind of a coin flip. I tend to go with the better quarterback, and that's obviously Joe Burrow is miles away from Teddy Bridgewater, so that's how I reasoned my, my pick. Next up, Green Bay at Baltimore. I talked about it a little bit earlier. Lamar Jackson left the game against the Browns with a heel injury and he has yet to practice this week. Here we are on Friday, still didn't practice. I think usually in the NFL, if a guy doesn't practice by Friday, he's more than likely not going to be playing. So even if he does play, how good can he be without a week of practice going up against one of the best teams in football? Even though they're at home, give me Green Bay. Their defense is atrocious. Their secondary is garbage. The Browns were destroying their secondary, getting penalties left and right. Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams are obviously on another stratosphere compared to Baker Mayfield. And any Browns wide receiver, so give me the Packers in a, I'm gonna say blowout. I'm gonna be honest here.
1: Cool. Blowout, huh? Nice. I, I did see some people picked Baltimore in our, our our league. Or pick them. One of them being a the guy right behind you, actually. So I'm yeah,
2: hoping I think that, he did uh... that
0: because he is a Baltimore Ravens fan, right? Of course. I like when a guy picks with his heart and not his head, because <laughs> that's how I pull away, and I'm more than okay with it.
1: Uh, But, you know, I went Green Bay, too. I
0: think this is a season for – I think it's back-to-back MVP season for Rodgers here.
1: Green
0: Green Bay is 10-3. They're playing great football. Their defense has been playing really well as of late. Um, I mean, again, their offense is clicking on all cylinders. Then you're facing against a very depleted secondary in Baltimore with – they're on, like, their fourth and fifth string cornerbacks who, again, the Browns were able to really easily expose. And I think Aaron Rodgers is obviously – he's – You know, not even close to any quarterback, really, in the NFL, except for a handful. So I think they win pretty easily. Next up, this is a game that also got pushed to Tuesday night, but we'll just do it now because we're here. Seattle at L.A. Rams. The Rams are the third team that is in a intense COVID protocol thing because they have a ton of players testing positive. They are not nearly as bad as the Browns and the Redskins football team whatever i keep calling them the redskins it is what it is um but they are having a little bit of an issue but again as i mentioned earlier odell beckham tweeted negative whatever that means i'm assuming that means he's going to be good to go on on tuesday night and who knows if they have a few more players that are okay to go because i know they just put jalen ramsey went on the list right before their game on sunday or monday night they had von miller go on the list yesterday so some key players definitely missing but uh, assuming they get a couple of them back. I just think overall the Rams are a better team. They're fighting for not not just a playoff spot. They're more than likely going to be a playoff team, but they're fighting to stay as one of the better teams in, in the league, whereas Seattle just kind of treading water at this point, and I think they don't really have much will to keep pushing. And yeah, I don't see, I don't see this being change, a close game. Yeah, unless things change, I think if I'm not mistaken, the Seahawks just put Tyler Lockett on the COVID list today. Or yesterday, he's He's another one. I
1: had to to bench him, yeah.
0: So who knows if he'll be able to go on Tuesday. You never know. It's tough for you as a fantasy guy because it's a Tuesday night game. (laughs) So if he doesn't get activated, it's all the other games are over. So you can't really do much with him. So it's a tough spot to be in. But yeah, give me the Rams in this one pretty easily.
1: Yeah, I think it's a blowout. I think the Rams take it pretty easily. And I think you're going to have another Odell touchdown probably too.
0: More unlikely, he seems to get a lot of those now that he plays for the Rams. Sunday night football again. Kind of an easy pick for me, just in terms of I go for who's the better quarterback, and I think it's safe to say Tom Brady's a little bit better than Taysom Hill. Close, but a little bit better. I'm going you with think, Tampa Bay. Uh, I think
1: I think he picks uh, um, New Orleans here. I'm like, what? Wait a minute, hold on. <laughs> well, uh, right. no, I yeah. think
0: Tom Brady's a little bit better than Taysom Hill. <laughs> oh yeah, no, just a little bit better. Yeah, no,
1: I think. Well, I mean, it's always funny because I was a little worried about this game because it seems like they always have the Tampa Bay number, you know, of how to beat him. Um, but without Sean Payton, and like you said, I mean, Taysom Hill's not a good quarterback. I'm going Tampa Bay here, too.
0: Yeah, I mean, they beat him. I remember the game, because I watched it at our friend Dan's. It was on Halloween, and that's when Jameis Winston had a really good game, and then he tore his ACL, and they put in Trevor Simeon, who came in and played surprisingly well, and then Tom Brady threw the pick six at the end of the game. So it was a very weird game that on that that Halloween evening. Uh, I don't think lightning strikes in the same place twice here from new orleans i think tampa bay wins this one pretty easily they have a really good run defense and i think all they're going to do is try to shut down alvin kamara and if they can do that it should be kind of a similar game to when the cowboys played the the saints a few weeks ago on thursday night football could be a little ugly for the saints however i just hope taysom hill scores 15 touchdowns and wins me my fantasy playoff game we do have a comment
3: being from England, I'm an absolute huge Premier League fan. I fucking love football. However, I know absolutely nothing when it comes to American football. So perhaps you can give like a little, um, a little uh, layman's term explanation as to how it operates. And I could do the same vice versa if you're interested in the Premier League slash football. When I say football, I mean soccer. <laughs>
0: yes. <laughs> well, thank you for listening all the way across the pond. That's awesome to have a listener from England. Uh, me personally, I know nothing about soccer, football, whatever you want to call it. Um, never really been a thing for me. I, I'm, I'm pretty easy when it comes to sports. I like football, baseball, basketball. That's kind of my thing. That's it. I dabble in hockey a little bit. Uh, soccer, everything I know about soccer, I've learned from Ted Lasso over the last two years. <laughs> um, honestly that I, I learned that it's called the pitch i learned that from ted lasso so you can thank that show for keeping me up you've watched a couple soccer games you, you've had people over to watch them what do you yeah. know about soccer kyle
1: i mean i know i know enough to be interested in watching soccer um i've i've i don't have a favorite team um i just know my uncle my uncle is from england well my wife's uncle is from england um he's a he's a premier he's a premier, premier league fan So him and I always talk soccer sometimes, just, you know, what's going on over there. Our friend Greg, mutual friend of the show, um, he is a huge soccer fan. He came over to my house and watched the uh, uh, championship match uh, probably about two months ago. Um, But this guy was asking about us explaining football to him. Go ahead and take it away, Justin. You probably explain it better.
0: Uh, Easiest way to explain football in layman's terms is you just have a bunch of big goliaths <clears throat> bashing into each other trying to inch this ball forward it's, a, it's it's i don't really know the rules of rugby so it's very similar to rugby in terms of how you're trying to move the ball it's like that it's a little more organized if that makes sense because i think rugby you just kind of like it's non-stop back and forth from what i've yeah. seen i don't really know much about rugby but i know football obviously you have a 40 second play clock every play every snap is a completely different play. It's schemes specifically of which way a guy is going to block if you're running, et cetera. Um, really hard to explain it. Uh, I'd have to like, I'd have to have like hours to really go into detail. Uh, my suggestion, if you can, I would suggest just start watching some games, try to pick up what you can. Uh, being self-taught kind of helps. I mean, there's overall like the intricacies of the rules can get confusing. The, the, a lot of the rules don't make sense. Um, I have people text me sometimes, and they'll be like wait, how is that not our ball? They did this, they did that. And I have to go, well, technically the rule is this. Like there's some weird shit that goes on with it. But overall, I mean, football is a fun game. It can be a little boring at times because, and I'm speaking for American football, because you do have a lot of downtime. You might go an hour and a half with no one scoring, just punting and punting, and you don't really see anything. Whereas soccer, it's soccer's like hockey a little bit where there's always a chance to score. It's back and forth all day may not be high scoring but there's always a chance because I do watch a little hockey so I know that can be you know edge of your seat stuff I know soccer fans football fans are extremely diehard and dedicated and the hooligans and stuff like that I've always heard about so soccer definitely seems fun I just haven't myself ever been able to get into it
1: back to back comments here from uh,
3: fun fact for you The word soccer is associated with America. In actual fact, back in 1863, when the Football League was created, it was called um, the uh, Soccer Association, um, Football Soccer Association. And uh, the Americans just took the soccer part and uh, got rid of the rest. And then, well, that's what you now call football. No, I understand the the concept, sorry, the uh, basic gist of it. But I mean, like more tactically, like uh, the intelligence behind it. Like, uh, you know, what fundamentally will make one player better than the other if they use their attributes correctly?
0: Oh, that's a good question. Um, Honestly, a lot of it has to do with, with coaching and scheming. There are certain teams that just have better overall coaches. For instance, I'm sure you've probably heard of him, Bill Belichick. Bill Belichick can take a quarterback, like look at Tom Brady, for instance, that he was a six-round pick, not expected to be anything, and Bill Belichick worked with him, and I mean, obviously, a ton of credit goes to Tom Brady, but when you're put together with the proper coaching and, and players around you, it can really make a player thrive. I mean, for instance, again, Tom Brady went to New England, turned out to be the greatest quarterback of all time. If Tom Brady were drafted by any other team, he probably would have been out of the NFL in a year or two. So it really boils down to just the perfect scenario with a player. You have to have the talent. You have to have the drive. Um, That's just quarterbacking. I mean, obviously, there's 20 other positions we could go over of, like, specifically how to make them great, but I'll just start with quarterback. But it really just boils down to you have to be teamed up with the proper everything. You need coaches, assistant coaches, you know, your own even your family life. Like, Tom Brady is more dedicated than anybody to football. He's the first one in the facility, the last one to leave. It's just a drive, and it's it's fifty percent drive, fifty percent talent. I think just kind of yeah. goes together. One more.
3: You say there's always a chance to score in a football game, and yeah, for many a leagues that is very much so the case. But what what sets the Premier League aside so much, which is the English uh, First Division, is the defensive quality. Like you don't get. Well, there are a few teams like Manchester City, Liverpool. Um, Chelsea that can slap quite a few past you um, just for their attack attacking prowess. But overall, what makes the Premier League so great is its intelli- it, uh, defensive intelligence, you know. And um, so I don't find games like that boring at all. I, I like a tactical, almost like playing a game of chess kind of game, you know, mm-hmm. like um, the structure and uh, movement of it. Ah, oh, it's fucking divine, mate. <clears throat> I, I will say watching point,
1: soccer. That's the most interesting thing is watching soccer. And I've had Greg like my and even Jess's uncle explain to me too. It's like the amount of times where they, you know, you're kicking the ball backwards. And as a, as an American football fan, you're like, why are we going backwards? Why are you not pushing the ball down the field? And it's all about that strategy. It's like they're they're kicking the ball back to try to find the best opening to set something up. And then they move the ball down the field quickly and then they, you know, they, they make these precise like lead passes to somebody to get them on the run into the to scoring and and it's just crazy watching how they play this whole thing around the field um when watching it so I can understand that completely when it comes to watching strategy like that. It is kind of like watching a big chess game on a big field, a giant ass field mind you.
0: No, I love that. I mean I'm I'm a big fan of defensive games <clears throat> like football for instance. I'm not like a typical fan that has to see you know a 40 to 45 game. I, I can I can watch teams butt heads all day physical low scoring to me that's still fun so yeah i hate to keep using them as an example but i look at like the new england game against the bills just a couple weeks ago monday night football bill belichick had mac jones throw the ball only three times that's in in american football standards that is unheard of quarterbacks throw the ball 10 20 30 you know maybe 40 times a game he threw the ball three times still won because his strategy was we're just going to run the ball and we're going to stop you on defense. It was a, at the time, you know, it wasn't, it was average scoring. I wouldn't say it was low scoring, but it was kind of average, but it was just a tactical build new. We're not throwing it. You stop the run. You beat us. If you can't stop us, we're going to beat you. And that's exactly what happened. And it was, it was a really fun game to watch. So it sounds like we're kind of, we're on the same page where we can both find something like that. Very entertaining. Another
3: one. Yeah, that's right. You, um, in football, possession is the game. So you would knock the ball back and decide to you know really look for those openings like you're not, you you don 't just want to run forward with the ball because you you 're then uh, counterball to counter attack you know um, especially if say the opposing team has a very fast striker or wingers, they can just pick up the ball and they just run straight through your defense with their blistering pace so in football, you want to keep your structure, keep your shape, keep possession, move up as a unit, score as a unit, defend as a unit. Is there's a unity there? It's almost like eleven men become one living organism. You know, Oh, it's beautiful. But yeah, the 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 idea is, you know, you want to be able to read the game. You know, read read the read the passage of play defensively, intercept, and then break forward uh, with blistering pace, counter attack if you can get up on a high press. Oh, I love it, mate. <laughs> that's awesome. I love well, the passion. Again, I, wanna, I love
0: the passion. Yeah. I want to say thank you to cam for listening. Uh, if, if you're, I don't know how that works. If, if you have, I don't know, I'm guessing iPhones and all that stuff are over there. So we, our podcast normally we do it together in person and it's called talking about balls. You can find it on iTunes or on Google play store for Android. If you ever want to keep listening, we'd love to keep chatting with you. We'll do, um, we do stereo maybe once a month or so. And, you know, you can follow us on here, follow our podcast and everything. If you want to keep in touch, we would love to talk more soccer. Eventually we, we try to talk all sports on here, but I don't want to talk about ones that I don't know anything about. So hearing you talk about soccer is awesome or football. I'm sorry. I'll try to get more uh, respectful calling it the proper (laughs) name of of football. (laughs) I'm not used to it, but uh, we're going to wrap up here in a second. We got a couple more games to go and then we're going to get off because it's getting a little late here on Friday night. I got a couple things to do. So let's get right down to the nitty gritty. Monday night football Minnesota at Chicago. Who do you got and why?
1: <clears throat>
0: well, you know who I've
1: got. Taking Minnesota of course. <laughs> I, I I I can't take against them for some reason, but yeah, even though the Bears look like a like you know I I love Justin Fields, I think he's doing well, but yeah, give me give, give me Minnesota again.
0: I mean, realistically, they they've looked kind of middle of the road if not worse but minnesota is also a team that's kind of in the thick of things for the playoffs uh they have a, a few tough losses on the year but overall they're hanging tough uh chicago's season's kind of over at this point they're just kind of playing for pride and the last thing i saw a couple of days ago or yesterday i think Allen robinson is on the covid list as is i forgot who else got another key player um but, yeah, I'm with you. Just give me Minnesota here. I just think it's more of, like, the veteran team against the young team. They're going to take advantage of the mistakes. And I'm going with Minnesota on the road. You want to play that last message really quick, and then we'll set up the Browns. Oh, and... oh got
1: two more. Got two more.
0: Okay.
3: Yes, I would definitely listen to you guys on your various platforms. Um, You know, you do seem to have tactical insight, as it were, into your game, and I would quite – like to elaborate, uh, my sport, football, into a more in-depth. So perhaps we could all do a podcast together at some point. But um, no, mm-hmm. I'll certainly be interested in um, listening to your other platforms.
0: That's awesome. Oh no, one more. Okay.
1: Now let me play. Now we're good. Nope, not there now
3: have a good evening boys i'll um i'll give you a follow on some of your other podcasts
0: awesome appreciate it cam thank you all right and last but not least we have the cleveland browns against the las vegas raiders the covid bowl the who knows what the hell to expect bowl because monday night five o'clock at this point the game was moved and to my knowledge nothing's changed we're not getting uh, you know, as of right now, as it stands at eight o'clock on Friday night, there are no other players activated. So moving the game to as of right now has done nothing. Could that make a difference by Monday? Sure. But so it's right like an a- It's like an
1: asterisk if we get X player back. You know what I mean? It's like I'm gonna say Raiders, but I'm gonna say Browns if I get this, this, and this person back. Like, how do you want to do this? <laughs>
0: so this is gonna be. This is gonna be. We will make our picks here live on the show. I also am gonna go Raiders. Spoiler alert, um, because of how depleted the Browns are. And come <clears> Monday, <throat> we both have access to the Facebook page, or if you want to text me, I'll make the posts. But come Monday by, like, you know, four o'clock when we see the final, or whenever. I don't know when the deadline. I'm guessing it'll actually be. Sunday you have 24 hours to do your your, your roster so uh, Sunday afternoon when the final stuff comes out we'll, we'll have up until kickoff on Friday to make our official posts on the Facebook page and I'll do that so that works for me if that works for you
1: that works for me yeah so I'm, I'm taking the Raiders but I'm leaving it open in case I see who's coming back to the Browns
0: yes uh, me picking the Raiders is Barry Bonds with the home run record there is an asterisk next to it and things change so we'll definitely see so, what happens keep your eyes so sealed. sad he
1: won't get into the hall of fame not to get you on know, I it the it just sad. Uh, uh,
0: we didn't talk about it because personally i hate him so steph curry broke a three-point shooting record the other day most three-pointers made it in nba history um, yeah for me the funny thing for me i wanted to tweet it but i didn't know how to like word it properly is whenever you get a discussion with lebron james what's the number one thing everyone says they say lebron would have never made it in the jordan era he would have been beat up Blah 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 he's too soft right Right. Nobody right. says that about Steph Curry. Do you think Steph Curry would have survived in the in the, the Jordan era?
1: Absolutely because, not. Like, that would the way have gotten he drives killed. to the
0: lane and you're not even allowed to breathe on the guy, he would have gotten his head taken off by Dennis Rodman, etc. Instead, he's now just able to shoot whenever he wants. And maybe I'm a little biased because I do hate the Warriors. A lot of their screens are illegal. I also just I get it. They go in. He's hit you know 3,000 threes almost in the NBA. So I'm not saying he's a bad player. But watching him play is – it would aggravate the fuck out of me because he takes so many really bad shots that are just bricks. But because he can hit some of them, they're like, oh, it's okay. He just chucks up threes all day. I truly hate watching the Warriors play basketball. I always have. Again, they win. More power to them. They know what they're doing. I just – I hate watching that kind of basketball. And in in this day and age, I think it's the new norm. It's funny because they're, they're overly celebrating it and saying, oh, he'll uh, – that, that record will never be touched again, et cetera. But I saw a stat the other day that said that uh, Darius Garland from the Cavaliers in his first 200 games or whatever it is has like seven less three pointers than Steph Curry. So there's guys that you wouldn't even think in that same breath that are on pace with a guy like Steph Curry, which I'm not saying Darius Garland is going to beat his record, but the way the NBA is now turning where it's just a shoot fest, that's all there is is three pointers from everybody i think that i think the record's very beatable there will come a time where a guy like trey young even who was projected to be this amazing three-point shooter will come into his own he's only in his third year or something like that like these kids i think are just going to come up shooting and somebody's going to be able to beat that record in my opinion
1: no i agree yeah i I think so um yeah it's i mean i'm i don't hate steph curry like you do i mean i don't like him um, I think it's, I mean, he has, he's very, he has a very interesting skill. I mean, he is really good at shooting the three ball. I, I don't understand. Like he just anywhere he wants to in the court, it goes in. It seems like, um, but this, this era of basketball is made for that. You, he'd come across the screen back in the eighties and he'd get clotheslined, and he'd get beat up. He'd get, he'd get thrown to the ground. Yeah.
0: He wouldn't be able to do what he did back then. Right. I just I I find it funny that, like I said, whenever you talk about LeBron being, you know, one of the greatest players of all time, not just shooters. And then everyone's like, oh, he wouldn't have made it in the 80s and 90s. And it's like, okay, but when Steph Curry breaks the record, everyone's like, amazing. He's by himself at the top. And it's just like, get the fuck out of here. Like, why, why doesn't he get any scrutiny? And the, the reason yeah. I brought him up was because you mentioned Barry. Well, we were talking about Barry. Bonds. Yeah. I, I looked up somebody tweeted something like what record will never be touched. And I saw Barry Bonds, home run record or something like "Not won't be touched. It's something like what guy stands so far ahead at, at, from first to second, like Steph Curry's going to be after he's done with his career. And I just thought like mm, Barry Bonds, home run record is pretty damn impressive, even though Hank Aaron's close to him at second place.
1: Yeah, I don't think anyone's ever going to get past Barry Bonds. I don't mean I don't know if anybody's and on track scary to do thing it for
0: me. To like, is think about how many times he got intentionally walked. If they actually just pitched to Barry Bonds normal, his, yep. I mean he he'd probably be in in, in a thousand plus. Like he'd be <clears> close <throat> to quadruple digits. Steroids or no steroids, you'll never
1: convince me that steroids help the man hit the ball. You know, it, it's hand-eye coordination. I don't care. That doesn't change the fact. Sorry
0: he was hitting 30 home runs in Pittsburgh before he went on the juice. So it's not like the guy couldn't hit and that hand-eye coordination. There's nothing steroids can do with you unless he got his eyes removed and turned into robots, robot eyes. He, that, like you said, you hit the ball that well, that's just a God-given talent. The juice just yep. helped his career a little bit and, and heal a little bit better and shit like that. So yep. I agree. Put Barry in the hall of fame. That's going to be our new sign off for every episode. Put Barry in the hall of fame till he gets it. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. All right, but that's going to do it for me. I'm going to hop off of here and get myself ready for my Friday night.
1: Enjoy. What are you doing? Anything fun?
0: No, Tara's actually gone for a wedding tonight, so I am home alone. I'm going to watch some TV, maybe play some video games, literally just treat myself like a a middle schooler that has, you know, parents are out of town. I get to just play video games and be alone, and I'm excited.
1: You going to drink some Surge and eat some candy while playing video games?
0: Nice. I mean, I don't want to spoil all my fun, but absolutely. It's Mountain Dew, not Surge. It's hard to find. Yeah. (laughs) All
1: right, man. Well, enjoy your night. Have fun.
0: You too. Get yourself healthy and better. And I will uh, talk to you soon. Later, dude. Later.